This podcast is brought to you by Airs on Air, global mobility inspired thinking. The focus of this episode is international moving. Our host is Eric Tate, Vice President at Airs. Our guest today is Gordon Bell, Chairman at Asian Tigers Group and a longtime partner of Airs. I'm Sheila McKell. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Airs on Air. Uh, hey, Gordon. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've, we've known each other a long time, um, but can you take us back to the kind of the beginning of your career, how, how you got into the industry, and a little bit about your legendary career? Okay. Well, well thanks. You know, you're right. We, we've known each other for a very long time. Um, um, so, but l- let me give you a little bit of a background. It's, it's a little bit long, so bear with me, and you can stop me anytime you want. Oh, that's great. I was Thank born, you. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you know, but I was born in Singapore and my, my dad was, was also born in Singapore. So, you know, grandparents were out there. So Singapore really is and has been my home for since birth, you know. And, you know, as, as a um, living abroad, I was kind of truly a, a, an expat. I mean, I was, I was one of the expats that uh, did all the usual things, you know. I went to school there until I was seven and then, you know, my mom and dad did their duty and packed me up, uh, sent me as far away as possible to a boarding school um, and left me there for uh, the next 10 years. Um, at a boarding school, they tell you, you know, the careers officer gives you three options. You either become a banker, you become an insurance, com- uh, you join an insurance company or you join the military. So. I joined banking. I, I worked for the Bank of Scotland for, for a couple of years um, until my mother uh, came back and visited me. I had long hair. I had an earring in my one of my ears. Uh, so she wrote my resignation and she sent me to France to learn how to speak uh, French. I tried and, and I tried and uh, I came up with the, the usual sort of uh, um, sentences with bonjour and uh, vocal of it. Um, but eventually I went, I went back to, to Singapore for, for Christmas. And I, and I gotta be honest here, I, with not really any intention of ever going back. My parents didn't know this. Um, anyhow, after about six months or so, um, they, I think it was my father who said, enough of this, um, I'm gonna find you a job. So I kind of tried the, the encyclopedia. It was too hot though, so I didn't sell anything. Um, but he had a, a really good friend um, who worked for Cultics at that, at that time. And he introduced my father, who introduced me to a chap called Jeff Iyer, who was at that time the, the general manager, the managing director of Casey Dat. Um, and it was just the timing was good. Um, I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. Um, but I, that's when I started, and that was, uh, I think it was April 1978, um, with the company KC Dat. Um, the problem with that was that because I was born in Singapore two years later, um, the Singapore Army called me up, um, and I had to do two years national service or leave. Um, so I, I kind of begged and uh, pleaded for them to allow me to stay, but I certainly didn't want to join the military um, at that time. 
Um, so they packed, they, they basically canceled my work permit and it was left um, for Eric Lim, for Jeff Iyer, for, um, to, to find me another job because I had no idea um, what I was gonna do. During that time, I learned how to pack um, in expatriate houses. I learned how to drive a forklift truck, to load a container, to unload a container. Um, in fact, one of the one of the the summer jobs that John Lim, who is a um, who is now the general manager of uh, of Casey Dat, um, we cut paper together, and he got great big rolls of paper, and we spent weeks upon weeks. Him in his summer, me that was going to be my permanent job, which was horrific. However, I moved on, and I moved from there to Hong Kong, uh, where I joined uh, one of our our competitors. Uh, a company called back then Four Winds. Yeah, I think it's still called Four Winds. Um, and then I got offered um, um, something from in Thailand. And that's where I went back to the Asian Tigers. And it was really always a conversation piece between Eric Lim and myself um, of when I could come back to Singapore. But of course, you know, if you don't prepare to do the national service, um, they, the answer was always no, 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 no. And I think Eric put in, I would reckon, about 10 to 15 um, applications for a work permit, which all got uh, denied. So I spent five years in, in Bangkok. I then went and opened up um, Asian Tigers in Malaysia and spent 12 years there. And then finally, finally, Eric got a work permit for me because it had come to the time um, where really national service was over for me and part-time national service had come to an end for me. Um, so I returned to, to Singapore, um, you know, and, and have been there for the last 15, 16 years, um, apart from coming back here in the UK um, two years ago. So there you go, a, a little brief of, you know, how I got into the into the business. Um, I had no intention of being in the business, but love it. Absolutely love it. So um, yeah, no, that's fascinating, Gordon. I mean, so yeah. you've lived in you've lived in five countries. Um, and so to go back to Singapore, you had to age out from the national service. Is that that's you could correct. not get a work permit until then? Wow, that's crazy. Absolutely. I was sort of like became the the free agent, I suppose, uh, after this limit um of national service expired um, what was your what was your favorite country to live in um that's that's a difficult question because they all had uh, their their good and bad points i mean singapore my parents were there um so i'd always get a hot meal at the end of the day if i wanted to um from there in hong kong um i was a, a bit of a rugby buff so um i think the the playing the rugby and being a part of that rugby team was more important than the actual job itself. And at that time I was selling air freight. So it wasn't that interesting. Um, but I was also taking, uh, I was looking after, because it was a P&O company, um, part of the P&O group at that time was a company called Scottpack. Um, so yep. I looked after the household goods for Scottpack for the, for that period that I was there. So I had fun. I had Hong Kong as a, as a bachelor and I 
finally met my, my wife. Um, I finally met her. I met my <laughs> wife. <laughs> I met my wife um, in Hong Kong. Um, and then, you know, I, I was pulled. Four winds were going through a bit of a hard time. Um, and I was, it was just a, it was a nice time to get a get out clause. And I went over to Thailand to, to work for uh, the Asian Tigers in, in Thailand. Yeah, as an outsider looking in, I visited those countries, but obviously never lived there. But um, Singapore, from from my viewpoint anyway, seems like the easiest place in Asia to live as an American as kind of a, a first step. Do you, you think that's accurate? Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a very nice sort of gift if you get sent to Singapore. Um, Singapore is just a, a wonderful place. Um, it's hot. Uh, don't get me don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's also um, it's also I, I guess a, a, a true expat first class destination to go to. Everything is there. It's easy. Everyone speaks English there. Um, it's really it's it's a it, it's a lovely place. And of course, Singapore has grown from this you know once colonized by and by the, the Brits to just such a, um, a fast, a fast and active uh, city, um, and it's grown into into really a, a wonderful place. Just, just wonderful. Yeah, sorry, Gordon. We'll get into kind of the, the 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 business itself. But the last question I have on Singapore, just from curiosity standpoint, I know we've had this conversation before, but the price of cars, leasing a car, driving a car. What like an, you know a BMW in the U.S. that costs fifty thousand dollars? What what would that be in Singapore? Um, probably about four times. Yeah, uh, you have to buy a registration, and that's that's really what it's all about. It's it's funny actually because um, what they're trying to do is to discourage people to buy cars, take take public transport, and believe me, the public transport is fantastic. Um, so, you know, nine times out of 10, you don't really need a car. However, it's a status thing. You have a car, um, you park it in your, in, your, in your house. Usually the car is sometimes bigger than the house um, or the apartment you live in, um, but it's flashy. But yeah. it's an expensive thing to buy. Um, so um, on returning here uh, with a secondhand car, which I sold um, for, I guess, half the price, I brought I bought two brand new cars in the UK. So wow, that's crazy. There you go. Yeah. All right. So getting into a little bit of the the moving side of it. So you know, obviously, 2020 has been a was a just a, a different year than we've ever had. Have you ever gone through anything like that before? You know, things have happened um, uh, before. You've got you you know you've had SARS, you've had 9/11, uh, you've had all sorts of things, but they're they were reasonably short term, um, but it also allowed you to continue to work. So the answer really is no. Um, I've never had something which actually shut down our business. Um, and the government in all of these countries are telling you, do not stay at home, do not go to work, do not, you know. And of course, along with that comes you know, the, the shields that every country has where, you know, V&I, visa and immigration, 
Um, it's just no, 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 and no, nothing is happening. Um, so if nothing happens, and especially with us who are in the international business, nothing is, is arriving, nothing um, is leaving for, for the short term because we can't get it into the other country. So it was, it was absolutely not. I've never, never, ever experienced this. Um, and, and of course, the other thing really is that we didn't know how long it was going to last for, which was the scary part. Um, maybe a couple of months or so. Yeah, and you know, for us, you know, in New York, when New York was the epicenter of the entire pandemic, it was still we were still moving people in and out every day, but that's kind of not crossing borders. So, um, right. but a lot of Asian countries are still in lockdown right now, right? I mean, moving is still essential, um, but you know, it's it's causing different problems, or you know, kind of companies are still holding back relocations. I think. Would you agree Absolutely. with that? Absolutely. Um, because of, of uh, the, the type of company we, we are, and we, we, we have a mix of business um, in all of our markets. We have, you know, the, uh, the private business within the country, um, which we send overseas. We represent um, RMCs. We represent forwarders, etc. cetera. Um, so there's a little bit of a mix. And I think in some of, some of our countries, we were quite fortunate to, um, to still be able to, to export. But there, there were other countries that we couldn't do anything. I mean, we couldn't export, we couldn't import. So um, it was really, it was very difficult for us. Um, I, I feel, I, I think we were, we were in a little bit of, uh, you know, when, when you're left with your mouth open and because someone has said something and it has just kind of stunned you. I think we were in that sort of mood uh, for, for, for quite some time, it really was. It was, it was very scary and, and actually still is a little bit. Um, you, as you said, there are still some offices um, and we've, we've actually got, we've got a, a problem in Myanmar, for example, where, you know, there's uh, basically been a coup and uh, the military has, has taken back um, the, the responsibility of the country. So that's shut down yet again. And of course we have on top of that COVID-19 um, so, well, yeah, crazy times. Yeah, it really is. Um, with that, you know, COVID obviously being a, a huge contributing factor. Are there other challenges? You know, we, we, we see a lot of articles about container shortages and port congestions and, you know, the increased amount of time it's taking because, you know, uh, packers are wearing masks and gloves. And, you know, in Singapore, I'm, I would imagine it's very hot year round. So, you know, additional need for breaks and things. How is there other things that are affecting the world right now of, of mobility? I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, the PPE is a is a problem for us, although we we have to do it. Um, but also in places like, you know, Hong Kong, Singapore, um, especially in the expatriate community, for example, which continues in in Thailand, the Philippines, everyone seems to live um, well, when I say everybody, a good percentage of these people live in apartments. Um, so, I mean, you might have, you know, 200 families living in a, in a complex or so. And although that there is, you know, we, we are protected, uh, we, we do all the right things, we follow, follow the, the local regulations, there are some apartments that just won't let us in. So if you're gonna go and pack Mrs. A, 
well, Mrs. C next to you is a little bit, you know, uh, paranoid about the entire situation. So she would gather the community and, you know, say that this is something we don't want in our, um, in our compound. So there were additional local, I suppose, um, problems that we were facing, um, which just made our, our, our life difficult. And, you know, if you, you, you sort of expense a, um, a move over a period of, you know, two days or three days or how, how long it's going to take, but, but you're absolutely right. There are more breaks. Um, it's, it's more difficult to get in. You have to start, you know, register early, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to make sure that, uh, um, you know, you've, you've been tested um, once, maybe twice. How long does that last for? You have to prove that to the shipper, et cetera, to make sure he, she is safe. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot more to it. As far as um, container shortages go, I, I guess that, you know, COVID-19 have, uh, um, it's, it's been, a, I guess it's been a part of uh, the, the whole situation with regards to shortage of containers um, in China, so they can't put it on a ship, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to, um, you know, port congestions, the problem with port congestions is, I mean, to be honest with you, what they've done is they have paid for a door-to-door -door service. What, when I say they, the shipper has paid or the corporate has paid for a door-to-door -door service. Um, to ask more money after you've given a quote, it needs explaining. So it is so important that our move managers um, understand how to get across uh, to the shippers, to, to the shippers' um, offices with regards to these extra costs. No one wants to pay an extra cost, especially for, for moving household goods. And, and, but, you know, it's, it's kind of been forced upon us and we need to, um, to explain that in, in simple terms to, to all of our shippers. As far right, as so increased... Sorry, as far as... Which is what I remember. Um, as far as increased rates, to be honest with you, I don't really care what the rate is for a box to from Seoul, Korea to Minneapolis, as long as, you know, I'm paying the standard rate. Again, it's these changes where in two weeks time, the rate gets hiked to, you know, double the amount and you're not given secure space on a ship. Sorry. Right, and, and you're renting kind of that container, right? So the steamship line doesn't care. You, we have it for a finite amount of time. So if Correct. there's port congestion, the steamship line doesn't say, oh, well, okay, you had port congestion, we won't have any additional charges. There's per diem that happens after the amount of time you've used that container and congestion's a little bit out of everybody's control. And one day you can sail through and the next you might wait a month sometimes. So it's it, it does get tricky. Absolutely. Um, with all of the challenges happening right now, how has, how has Asian Tigers persevered? You guys are obviously a very healthy company, doing very well. How, what, have, what have you done to to make sure that, that that continues? We have a, we have a permanent um, workforce um, throughout, throughout the company. Um, and when I say throughout the company, through every country, we, have, we, we pay a bill at the end of the month and because we've got X number of workers. There are some countries, um, actually, you know, to be fair, quite a few countries where the government has stepped in and sort of helped us out. But, we are in the international 
um, business of, of moving household goods, you know, from, from country to country. We cannot move, um, from moving across a, a causeway, with a bridge, for example, from Singapore to Malaysia, there is a customs clearance because it's a different country. So it doesn't matter. But if you put up a sign saying you're not allowed in, we can't do it. Um, so what we've had to do, and, and there, is no, there is no domestic market for us. I mean, not like the States where if you move interstate, et cetera, et cetera, um, that, can, that probably could continue. You've got trucks going from East Coast to West Coast, et cetera, et cetera. We don't, I mean, we might have the occasional local move where, you know, someone wants to move locally, but, you know, really it's a, a mom and pop sort of moving company that does that sort of stuff, um, which we, we really can't compete with. Um, or it's the family who gather around, hire a couple of vans and move it themselves. So as I said, there's no domestic. So what we, what we have done is we've kind of opened our, our doors and we found um, more, I, I guess, um, related business, which, you know, we could do. So, you know, we've, um, we've gone into the office moving. So, you know, while this pandemic is going on, I think, well, a lot of people obviously have shifted from the office to the house. So what, what we've done is we've done a distribution for of everyone's computer. So we'll go to an office, we'll collect X, X Y, and Z, and we'll uh, deliver a computer plus, plus, plus um, to employee X, Y, Z. So that's, that's some of the stuff that we've done. We've gone into office moving. So, you know, your offices are now empty. So if you were considering moving or decreasing the amount of space that you, you basically required, um, we, we did a lot of office moving as well. So it kept our our labor busy, um, our employees busy, it kept our trucks busy. Um, in Singapore, you've got 28 trucks, um, which for the first month were basically sitting in our yard um, and we had to, to pay the bills. So yeah, so yeah we did, we, we found other things to do to keep ourselves reasonably busy. Yeah, in, in the US, obviously, you know, companies can do furloughs, um, layoffs, Airs is very, lucky to not have to have done layoffs but you know in in every i guess every country is different with their employment laws throughout asia but it's not kind of not the same with permanent employees overseas or often overseas in in asia including it's not you just can't lay people off and bring them back when business is back correct yeah yeah so what do you think the future of moving looks like once this is all over I think the, the future of moving is still, I mean, I still think there will be a future in moving. Um, I think everyone will need to, um, to have uh, access to, to, to a mover. Um, so yeah, I think, it will, I think it will eventually come back. I think it might be slightly different. Um, I think in the last 10 years, 15 years or so, um, this word compliance has uh, has become more and more important to to corporates to uh, to RMCs etc cetera, etc cetera. and there's a lot more work that we've that us as individual companies have to do in order to represent those companies so I think that 
I think there, there will be additional stuff which we're gonna have to do. Um, so I think it might be a, yeah, a little bit more work for us um, in order to comply uh, with uh, worldwide standards. Um, but no, I think the moving business will come back. Um, it's encouraging, I guess, to hear from, from people like yourself, um, companies like yourselves, that there are still orders in the pipeline. You know, it's because yeah. uh, uh, we're waiting. I mean, when I say we're waiting, you know, but I also think that, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult persuading people to go offshore for so long. Yeah. So, and I guess at the end of the day, that translates into uh, short-term accommodation rather than a move, for example. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, right, any uh, any any secrets of the industry? Any things that you think you know people don't you know kind of the 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 uncommon parts of our business that you want to talk about or share? I think you know I'm to this is not self pity, but it's I feel <laughs> I. I feel sorry for um, the people in, in, in Asia in, in our business, and actually to say in our business, but in all sorts of business. Um, we, we, we tend to live in, in high rises. Uh, we tend to, to live in, in smaller places, um, um, square footage wise, etc. Um, we tend to, the young stay with their parents for for a lot longer um, until they get married, um, or you know, find a partner. In and then, of course, the parents. After that, it's it's the turn of the of the the young to look after the parents. So it's a it's a huge thing in in Asia. Um, so I feel sorry for them being kept at home. There's not a lot of space, um, and on top of that. If they have to take um, a cut in, in salary um, for, for a, an extended period, um, it's, it's tough on them. I think it's, I think it's been tough on um, a lot of people. On top of that, I feel, um, I guess, proud as far as um, our managers are concerned. But I also, again, feel a little bit sorry for them because they have to deliver the news. It's not their fault. They're they're doing it to for for the for the company to survive. Um, and I guess what I'm impressed with is that everyone has really rallied rallied around. So no one's no one's we, we haven't lost anyone. Um, um, there are obviously a few people which have decided by themselves to to move on, but that's not easy either. You know, in the in the current circumstances. So um, I hope that you know uh, the vaccines uh, are work and continue to get given um, to everyone, which will give a little bit more freedom and it will give the governments an excuse to to open up um, again. I think the governments will be cautious, um, and I think if you've seen you know over the last three four months or so things changing. I mean. Europe has changed overnight, basically, and it's uh, we're they're back into a third, or I think it's the third or fourth phase, you know. Um, 
But, you know, um, there are countries like Australia, uh, Singapore, um, Hong Kong, um, which you know, are, are trying to, to relax it. So, you know, thumbs up for these people who, who, who make the vaccines. Um, and I, I'm looking forward for, to this, for this to go away. I it really, this has shattered the economy and not only, at least we have been able to do something, some sort of work. I feel sorry for the companies um, that have completely shut down. Um, it's, it's been tough on them. Yeah. Now, Gordon, there's a lot of talk, you know, US, we use weight for when we're moving somebody, our charges are based on weight and overseas, it's way more based on volume. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the, the differences that that creates, the challenges that that can create and kind of the, the, the pros and cons or, you know, availability of scales type things in, in, in your region? This has been a, a subject ever <laughs> since I came into this business. I think we spoke of it in 1978. <laughs> um, I, I think we'll probably be speaking to <laughs> the same thing in the years to come. The weight basically has is, is come from the US and um, I think it's actually come from the military side of, uh, um, of the, the moving world uh, where weight was an allowance. You got um, X number of pounds to move from A to B, um, whether that be and some by air and some by sea. All along, you know, I've traveled in the US quite extensively over, over the years and uh, you see these you know, big, great big trucks and with uh, weighing um, stations all over the place where trucks can go in, trucks, you know, they, they know what their, their weight is and the difference of the, it becomes the, the gross weight and then something else is the net weight and uh, it goes on and on and on and on. Ever since I started, um, I used, well, we used to give, and we still do, rates per cubic foot rates per cubic meter, rates per... So you pack it up, you, you measure it, um, that gives you your, your net volume, and then you put it in a case and you charge at the end of the day what the case measurements are. Where with weight, it's confusing because is your allowance before you pack it? So how much packing material? Um, is it after you've packed it, but before you put it into boxes? Is it after you put it into boxes or into a lift fan or a triwall? A lift fan being a, um, a big case that you put all your household goods in. It can get quite confusing of uh, what, your, what your allowance is. Um, so here, you know, it's very easy. I always remember being on a, uh, um, I think Feedy had a, um, a panel on weight versus volume. Um, and I think one chap who was, uh, who, who worked for, for a baggage company in the UK said, we don't understand what you're talking about. Give me a box, I'll measure it and I'll charge you for what those dimensions are. Full stop. There you go. <laughs> there's no weights. There's no weights to weighing scales. There's no, um, all I need is your length, breadth and height. And you can give it to me in CMs and you can give it to me in MMs or you can give it to me in inches. It's as simple as that. And I'll give you a price for it, you know, to get it from A to B. The problem that we still have is that, you know, we give our rates in whether it's per cubic meter or whatever. 
Um, and what we've uh, what we do is we calculate using a density. And of course, the next war is is the density correct? Right. Yeah. So you get you have a twenty foot container going from uh, Singapore to to New York, and we we multiply it by a density, which is what our organization has told us to do. Um, and we follow this only to be told that we've reweighed it at the New York, and it only weighs not six thousand five hundred pounds, but four thousand pounds. Yeah. So it's like whoa. <laughs> yeah. The challenge, you know, what happens a lot of times on in that scenario is we, you know, a U.S. forwarder moves somebody from New York to Singapore, and they have, you know, they move five thousand pounds, and their company's policy is they can, you know, you're allowed to accumulate. 10% more things while you're there on your three-year assignment. So you're allowed to come back with 5,500 pounds. And then when we're moving them back, working with a, you know, a wonderful partner like yourself, it comes back as 6,500 pounds. And, you know, then the family is upset because they haven't bought anything. So we reweigh it. And then, but yeah, it would be great if, um, you know, if we all agreed on one universal system but the U.S. is very weight-centric, and I don't, I don't see that changing anytime in the near future. I agree with you. I mean, listen, the, the biggest market is the U.S., um, so why should they change? <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> I've never said that for the record. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, I think also, though, I'm just, just to close that chapter, I mean, I think there are yeah. now container rates. So, you know, there are, yeah. Take a 20 foot, um, give us a price for that, and you can, you know, put one cubic meter in it or 55 or 55 cubic meters in it. That's what the price is. Then, you know, that just leads to arguments as well. So I'm not sure there's an answer, Eric. Yeah, it's always going to be something I think we're always, con you know, constantly educating and working on, and um, not only with each other, but also also with our corporate accounts that we, we share and also with, uh, with, you know, families we're relocating, but, um, yeah, that's always, a it is an ongoing topic of conversation forever. If somebody solves that, they'll be, they'll be the richest person in the industry. <laughs> uh, just going back real quick to the pandemic. Um, do you think it's permanently changed the way when things go, let's in a, in a perfect world, you know, everybody gets vaccinated and, and, COVID and all of the, the different strains are eradicated and, you know, the world is back to what it was, you know, January of last year. Do you think there, there will be things that, that, that change during the pandemic that will change the way we do business? Um, not really, to be honest. Um, I think the way that we do business um, will remain um, it will remain because there, there is a procedure um, how to ship household goods from one city to another city. The precautions that go with it, the, the tightening of belts, the tightening of um, precautions, um, I think will increase. Um, and I think that, I think our job will become, I think it has become more difficult due to compliance, um, I think it will become more difficult. Um, there'll be a, a lot more on that list, which you send to us, for example, as, a, as an RMC. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in the US, work from home is a popular concept, right? So 
you know, it, it can be used as a reward. You can work from home a day if you, you know, achieve certain scores or do certain things or, um, you know, but right now, just about everybody is working from home. <clears throat> so I think that will become more prevalent, more prevalent in the future um, for, for US companies. But I guess the work from home concept isn't really something that's done a lot overseas or at least in Asia. Yeah, you know, I think that it's it has um, it's out there. You know, uh, you've all got to go. You've got to take your computer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, to be to be honest, I think that the staff, um, due to due to just the the conditions in each of the countries, and and they they are a little bit different. I think they enjoy coming to work. They enjoy getting out of the home. They enjoy you know having lunch together. Uh, they enjoy talking about a file um, with others. Um, they can discuss it. They always have a manager to go to. Um, rather than, you know, getting on the phone um, or, you know, getting online just to get off your seat and go and talk to someone about it, whether it being a manager, whether it being um, um, a, a fellow colleague, I think, that they they can't wait to get back to the office, yeah. Um, and I'm not just talking one of uh, a country. I think the whole of Asia would love to get back in. Um, yeah, I I, I, uh, I don't think work at home is is that popular. Um, yeah. Although I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not saying that you know there are there are some cases. There, I think there are, there will always be cases. Yeah. All right. Gordon, last question. Um, you know, you're a, a a guy I've admired for for many years, and obviously a smart business person. What keeps you in this business? What What do you love about the business that keeps you here um, for your life's work? You know, in the, in the very beginning, when I we talked, I talked about Hong Kong. I talked about uh, a little bit about Bangkok. Um, there was a when you were young. There was a camaraderie there um, between with people of your own um, age group, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but they left. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. It was, and I think because I'm I, I was I was from Singapore, um, and I, yes, I did travel around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but there weren't that many of us who stayed. So your friendship group was reasonably um, either short or it was only for a period of time. So, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, P&G came for three years, Mr. and Mrs. whoever came for four years, they maybe have got an extension, but they eventually left. So if you can imagine you were losing friends of yours um, every three to five years or so, and the effort to make new friends, I don't think is easy, and I don't think it's easy for anyone. So, um, my friendship group is the people who I've grown up with in this industry. And to be quite honest, once I started traveling to to conventions and to um, to account calls with uh, with my partners. Um, you got to know them more and more. You got to know their families. You got to know, you know, everything about them. Um, and, you know, if I met you, I think 
you were one of the first people that I met in, in Ayers. Um, I, and we've, we've always been friends. I look forward to seeing you. And I'm, listen, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want any tears or anything like that. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, you've been a lifelong friend of mine. I mean, um, Jeff and, and Brian of, uh, of your company, they were the first people I met in a BAR convention way back when, 30 years ago, you know, and we've continued that friendship. So, and I see these people, you know, once, twice, I would reckon maybe three or four times a year, which is just fabulous, you know. Um, yeah. So you multiply that by the number of companies that we deal with. And, you know, it's one of those industries where, yeah, I think you have to know what, you, what you're, you're talking about. You, you can't just be, um, you know, go into the industry and uh, um, if you get, you ask me for a favor, oh, damn, I forgot or so. Not only are you a friend, but, um, but I would do anything for you in wherever I was, you know. So it's the reliability that I, someone like I have on you to, do, to, to help me solve a problem um, or to smooth things over or just to go and say hello to, to a shipper which was possibly, you know it's going to get done. But at the same time, you can still have that friendship. And it's, I think it's just one of the, the, the best things that one, one can have. Um, and I'm very lucky to be in this trade. And I'm very lucky to have a boss um, or a, a bunch of shareholders which um, have been really very good to me, absolutely very good to me. So um, I am the chairman of the board. Um, but it's the board of owners who actually own me. So, <laughs> um, but but they're they're good people, and you know, as I said, um, my friends, my my friends today are from moving companies around the world. It's fantastic. Yeah, I feel the same. I mean, it is really a people-driven business, and I do think at the end of the day, if there's a problem happening anywhere in the world, to have that you know that network of of friends who you can call and will pick the phone up at four a.m and stop sleeping or whatever they were doing to, to go work with you to fix a problem. There's, there's not, there's, there's something very special about our industry and the people in it. Um, sorry, I'm going to sneak one last question. Final advice for our clients, anything, any advice for our clients in the U S or, you know, kind of globally, um, to about coming out of the, 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 the pandemic. That's a tough one. That's a tough question. Um, and I'm glad you left it for, uh, for the last one. Um, I think they have to find out as much information as they possibly can um, about the destination they're going. Um, I think that it's and, it's, and it's worthwhile them asking you to ask us, maybe putting us in front of the, the transferee or in front of the, the HR, um, just, just to hear it from us, from, from us who are living there, you know, their fears, their, their worries. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't really care whether it's a, uh, their favorite packet of crisps, can they get that from a, from a local supermarket, et cetera. No, you know, um, or okay, well, at least they know that before, before they come. But I think with this, uh, one of, one of the, I guess one of the fears I have is that 
Um, and I, I spoke to this about, to someone um, about some about this to someone just the other day, is trying to convince um, transferees to actually take that post now that I mean, and, and taking them away from from what they know. Um, I, I think that they have to be a little bit more convinced. So anything that we can be doing um, to make them feel a little bit more comfortable, um, they should they they should they should ask. Ask more questions than, than what they usually do. Yeah. Well, that's great. Gordon, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us your insights. And um, I, I look forward to, uh, to being able to see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gordon.